episode 24, creating a niche in the most expensive city in the world. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we hear Jenny Lee, chiropractic perspective. For doctors who want a thriving practice and abundant home life, listen as your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, goes behind the curtain and interviews doctors and guests about real world triumph, struggles, practical tips, and entertainment on this episode of A Doctor's Perspective. I've got something special for everybody. Well, the first on the episode 25, episode 25 will be a solo episode. My first one, kind of talking about why I'm in the chiropractic, China, answering questions that other people have had. So if you still have any questions, just let me know. Justin at a doctor's perspective.net is the email. We're also going to have new artwork starting episode 25. But what's exciting is from episode 22 through 26, it's a month worth of spotlight on women. We're going to have two psychologists, PhDs. We're going to have a doctor of chiropractic working in one of the most expensive cities in the world. The most expensive, actually. And also a wonderful multi-author and social media expert coach from Australia. So stay tuned. Episode 22 through 26. It's going to be fun. Women's Month. Let's go. We've got a long distance episode for you today. Dr. Jenny Lee works in Singapore. She has a fun accent, one that I am intimately familiar with because she is Chinese American. Ni hao, li, yishan, hengao xing, jin da ni. I just said hello. It was nice to meet you for all those non-Chinese speakers out there, which is probably 99.9% of the audience. But look, she is going to go into a lot of her uh, backstory about working in different countries. She's going to talk about building a clinic from scratch. How did she learn what she needed to to be able to do that? How do you start a clinic in a whole other country? And then, of course, how do you build one? How do you grow one? Mistakes along the way, lost money. Um, and then, of course, building a niche, carving a niche, getting involved in that niche. So it's a little bit longer episode than usual, but I'm excited because it's jam-packed, full of information. And so I appreciate her her time and her openness on on everything that she shares today. So let's go hashtag behind the curtain. Podcast, here we go. Today we have a, a very special guest, Jenny Lee. She has a unique chiropractic story. She is working in Singapore. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Justin. And uh, uh, yeah, finally get to meet you in real person. We know we've been messaging back and forth. So yeah, it's uh, good to be here. And thank you for inviting me on the show. Absolutely. You're working in Singapore. You're from America. Yep. Give us a little bit of your backstory. Uh, you can take take a few minutes for sure and kind of where have you been? What's your journey and how did you end up uh, working overseas? Okay. Yes, I am a Chinese American, but I was born in China. Um, so I spent my first 13 years in China and uh, I moved to Iowa with my parents, you know, when I was 13 years old. Yeah, as you can see, all the places in America, uh, why my parents must choose Iowa is that reason is beyond me. Uh, you know, California <laughs> sounds a lot nicer than Iowa. So <laughs> so I moved to Iowa when I was uh, 13 years old and um, I've gone through school, um, high school. I went to Iowa State University. Then um, after that, it's shortly to uh, Palmer uh, College of Chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa again. So doing that all, you know, more than half my life in living in Iowa, I just feel that um, the, the, the my world in Iowa is too small for me. And I feel there's much bigger world outside what I know. And uh, the best way for me to explore that, 
you know, rather than being a tourist, is to work abroad. And that is always been back on my mind um, ever since I started being chiropractic school. I think chiropractic as a profession can give you that kind of leverage to work um, abroad as long as there is someone in, you know, in the country or, or wherever that be need a chiropractor. So I've been looking through that. So after I graduated, I moved to, uh, actually, just close to graduation, I did a, a mission trip in Peru with Dr. Lee and Shubo, the uh, best mission trip ever. Mm. Yeah. So I went down there. Uh, at that time, my husband, Dr. Jeff, who is also a chiropractor, was working with uh, Dr. Lee and Shubo at CQS. Um, so I visit him down there, see him practice abroad, and just really, really got attractive to the idea of practicing in a foreign country. And I did my first mission trip there, you know, totally on fire and thinking, you know, I, I, what I can do, like the possibility of what I can do with what I know. So then, uh, after that, we're looking for other opportunity to working abroad. So I went to Hong Kong. I went there for about a, a year. Um, mm-hmm. not exactly what I have in mind, <laughs> I have to say, you know, like uh, after you start working, you, you have some good experience, have some really bad experience. And unfortunately, Hong Kong was really bad experience. Uh, I didn't really like, I didn't like the management, how it worked and like, uh, there is really no passion with my colleague and, uh, most of my colleagues who kind of just like clock in, clock out and just kind of going through the day and I didn't really like that. Um, the only good things about working in Hong Kong is the associations. Um, association has provided a lot of opportunity to do like continued educations and meeting with other chiropractors. So, you know, I'm not constantly influenced by the negativity from work. Yeah. So, but again, um, it was experience that I probably wouldn't want to do it again. <laughs> So I stand in one year. There, yeah, I wouldn't want to do it again. Are, um, are there a lot of chiropractors in Hong yeah, Kong in it general? Is. When I was registered, I was 151. Yeah, wow. so right now we probably doubled. Last time we were 300 plus. So it's definitely growing because chiropractic as a profession was um, regulated. It was recognized as one of the doctors can use the title doctors, which is same oh, as a okay. dentist, a GP, a medical doctor, or a Chinese traditional uh, medical doctor. So only and a chiropractor. Only these four professions can use the the title doctor. Um, and it's a, it's a really well recognized. And uh, I think the last time with there, they were working on how to get like the public insurance to take on the chiropractic, but, um, you know, it's right. well-recognized profession. It's very well-regulated. Um, the association body is very well-run, organized, and uh, focused on the, you know, obviously improvement and progression of profession. Anyway, um, so yeah. one year there was enough. Um, at that time, uh, my husband and I were talking about maybe we should go home, you know. Um, you know, one year about was interesting, but... Maybe it's time to move on. Um, but when I, when we were in uh, Hong Kong that one year, we did get a chance to travel uh, quite a bit, uh, as much as we can with that busy schedule. So we did visit Singapore before, really liked it. It's a very nice, clean, safe country. And the, the, the bigger thing is uh, a language is not an issue because everybody speaks 
um, English. English is the official language in here. So that being said, we are we're thinking like, okay, since we're already here, um, maybe we let's just give it one more try. And uh, at that time, we had some friends who is working in Singapore. Or saying like, um, you know, our practice it is company is looking, and you know, why don't you give it a try? So I did. Um, got a job offer pretty quickly. Um, so moved down here, work a year with uh, one of the biggest chiropractic company here, uh, Chiropractic First. Uh, again, working with bigger corporation, there's always downsizing of you know the bureaucracy and the management and high mm-hmm. turnover um so i was in the staff or in the everyone pretty much yeah okay pretty much everyone was uh, pretty um high turnover uh usually on average your associate will last about six to eight months on average not, not even, even a year. year yeah because and they're local or they're like Western? Uh, mostly foreigners because there is no uh-huh. um, a chiropractic school, no school here. There. So, Was that like that in Hong Kong as well where there's just a lot of turnover and nobody really cared? Um, the, the, the doctors? Yeah. At least for Hong Kong, they try to legally bind you for a little longer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same here. Are they one of those clinics where they expect you to sell like these big... Oh, yeah, definitely. Big, big treatment yeah. plans, and that's kind of how you're based on your salary um, as yes, well? Yes, we do. At, at that time okay. when we joined, um, the contract was definitely a lot better than what it's now. I think uh, like mm. eight months ago, I just um, uh, uh, talked to someone who just joined Carpet First. And I look at that contract and said, wow, this is really, really bad. Why would anyone <laughs> want to work for this little? But I guess there yeah. are people desperate for a job, and they are really leveraging on that to, you know, get get a chiropractor to work on that. Yeah, yeah. there was a local job here. Somebody said they showed me a contract and uh, just a piece, and it said like that they can negotiate your salary kind of at any point. <laughs> which means if you don't, if you're not producing, if they're not producing enough patients or whatever, yeah. Yeah, you could drop your salary. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and not no, don't sign that. Me. That's crazy yeah, talk. I would like that. <laughs> you have to remember, you're a Westerner, so you have a little bit more power yeah. than they're you believe. and have experience. <laughs> Um, yeah, but um, yeah, so I worked them for the year, and uh, then at that time, I know for a fact I want to have my own practice in Singapore. So, so, but I don't know anything about how to run a practice, how to run a business. I never owned a business in my entire life. I don't know, you know, how to work out the budget, everything. I have no idea. So, what I did was I look around and I uh, luckily, I was quite fortunate. I was recruited to a much smaller practice that is uh, mm. only one chiropractor and uh, one secretary. And uh, uh, the pay-wise uh, is definitely not fantastic. But what I um, what I was able to negotiate with contract was in two years' time. Um, I neither I wanted to have the the rights to buy into the company or you know, become partners, or I take my uh, patient base with me. Yeah, so they are, you know, okay with that. So, you know, we give you two years, we uh, we see how you're doing. And uh, if, you know, if you are good, and we can negotiate the partnership and all that. 
but not it's okay. But it, but at the two years, um, I was very very fortunate to work with uh, uh, this chiropractor. Her name, his name is Dr. Matthew Kramer. I'm still keeping in contact with him. He had his own practice in Colorado for about five years. Uh, so then he moved to Singapore working there, and just really learned a lot about how to manage a practice from literally from nothing. Um, I you know I learned how to pick up phone calls. Um, you know just all the basic, all the front desk duties, all the way to you know how to be a chiropractor, how to uh, recommend care plans will be appropriate, will be not be appropriate, and all that. And in the meantime, I really kind of developed this, my own character of practicing. And when I say mm. that, yes, um, the Dr. Matt Kramer, he was, at that time when I was with him, he was the chiropractor for all the CrossFit um, community in Singapore. And I kind of learned okay. how to build a brand for yourself like you know everybody everybody who's doing crossfit in singapore for more than a year or two know who dr matt kramer is and if they have you know sports injuries or just want to perform better during a crossfit game they know like okay i need to get this chiropractor to take care of me to get better so um mm. it's a two-year experience i have to say was most valuable to me although financially it did not give me that feedback but from the get-go, I understand that is the part I need to sacrifice. I think the experience are worth a lot more just the money. I'd rather know the skills rather than have that financial gain, whatever. So my two And somebody might say like a management company could have taught you some of these things. But I mean I've done management companies and getting the hands-on day to day like what you did, especially like in a foreign country. No. You might have had to learn that the hard way anyway and maybe it wouldn't have made as much money in America during that same time frame. So you learned it on yeah, the job. Yeah, pretty much uh, use my company's resource and time and money, like, you know, some marketing plan I wrote out, which is quite expensive and did not give, generate a return on that I wanted. And no, like, okay, if I have my own, I would definitely not do that. Uh, yeah, you do? Um, we draw down newspaper ads and we're just like oh. terrible. Like, and I said, yeah, not, that's not for us. So we went back to the traditional, which, we, later on, we can talk about like marketing, how to get your, how to build your own brand. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, during the two years up, then, and I said at that point, I was uh, quite confident that I can make it on my own. So mm. I didn't negotiate for a second contract, and I feel like I can. I'm, I'm, I'm able, uh, along with support and help with the Dr. Jeff, my husband, we can, we can make it work. So then towards. I think three months before I know my contract, we started looking for space. Just uh, it took me about one month to set up a pra- practice. So, wow, that's yeah, it's quick. pretty efficient here. Um, we got our registrations, get everything legalized, employment pass, and all that. Uh, yes, we are quite fortunate; things go really well. But when it comes to building up, uh, get a space secure, get the equipment in, all that, yeah, usually about a month. So question with that. So for those who don't know, Singapore is huge. I mean, it's like New York City or yeah. Los Angeles or downtown Boston, yeah. or that's the environment of the entire city. Lots of subways and buses and, and just crazy. I've visited like Kuala Lumpur and I knew a guy that was starting a clinic there. And I was just like, how do you even begin? You know, it's hard enough in like a small, normal town, like a suburb of Oklahoma to find a spot, much less a 20 story building and you're on floor 15. Yeah. Like, 
I'm guessing after two years, you kind of knew the neighborhood kind of that you wanted to be in. And are you on a bottom floor? Or are you on no, a big office building? No, we are in the office building. And uh, from my last practice with, you know, with a small company, I know for a fact, as long as you are located in a place, there is a relatively easier to access. What I mean by relatively easy, Like a subway yes, stop? You know, five minutes away from a uh, subway station, or maybe there is a bus stop two minutes from you, uh, from you. As long as there's a parking mm-hmm. space nearby, you can make it anywhere in Singapore. Because oh. I, and, the, and, and, and I know the fact that it's a location, it was not an issue. As long as you know how to market yourself, you were able to get it. I mean, we, we are, if you look outside of my office building, was a very old office building, was built up probably in 1970s or 80s. Oh. So it's very old. Oh. Um, you know, the lead lift is old. And the, re- the reason we, uh, we pick there is because number one is uh, relatively easy access. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's an MRT station nearby, a lot of buses going by, and, and there's a parking space, there's a, you know, nearby, so our patients shouldn't have issue if they drive. Um, and the, the, the another key point where we're on located ourselves is we are in this neighborhood that's kind of like upcoming sports slash a hipster neighborhood. So, yeah, oh, so there's a lot of yoga studio nearby, CrossFit box, uh, MMA studio, um gym and a cafe uh soon there'll be the first singaporean content bookstore gonna set their uh headquarters just down the block so yeah so i mean like from the neighborhood right now as you're looking at it it's like "Ah, it's a little bit industrial you know there's a truck nearby and then you have this like coffee shop like really hipster coffee shop scattered around there but, you know, we see the potential in that, you know, like next three to five years, I can see the neighborhood could be very vibrant. And more and more industrial company is moving out of that neighborhood. Yeah. You know, either they are sadly losing business or they thinking, yeah, and then there's a more industrial park building in a specific part of a town. Maybe they will be better over there. So, yeah, location okay. really makes a very little difference when it comes to practice. Yeah. Is Singapore set up kind of like China where there's a block of all paint stores and kind of like yeah, kind of, you, know, you turn the corner and it's all like plumbing stores? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Is it kind of like that in Singapore, generally in speaking? In certain area, in certain area, you know, like this stretch is all for like food restaurants. Yeah, yeah. And this stretch is all for like bars yeah, and this stretch is all for like lightings. Yeah, in certain area area that's the worst if you get off on the wrong stop and you're in the lighting area and you're just like i just need some food and you're like oh man there's gonna be blocks before yeah, one restaurant yeah. pops up you're like where do these people eat? <laughs> <laughs> they find their ways <laughs> that's right yeah very mm-hmm. interesting now in what role does your husband have in the clinic versus are you kind of the the head of the um the picture <laughs> of the clinic and he's uh, the, the adjuster no actually i am uh, more behind the scene so uh, and then this is it comes to when Jeff was practicing with other company, I see this potential in him to be a face of a brand. Unfortunately, his last two company never utilized that. What was going through in mind, I have no idea. Maybe because I am a wife, I always see him a little bit differently. But I know for a fact, if I market him, brand him, um, he will make the, the business successful. 
And uh, that was uh, one thing I'm glad I made, and uh, he was so on board with that. So we basically, um, you know, market Jeff as, um, you know, the face of the company, and um, um, he also does um, competitions for bodybuilding. He, he actually won mm-hmm. several awards in sports model category. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, when it comes to marketing, it's about, about – how you can make your message attractive enough to your demographic. And uh, he just fits perfectly in that. So we are just really putting our resources to market him. And it's, it works really well. I mean, right now, um, he is, our company is about two years old, and uh, his mm-hmm. name is well known within the bodybuilding and, uh, you know, either a pro or amateur communities. You know, everybody know what it is. People were calling to one, you know, I want to specifically see Dr. Jeff because, you know, my trainer went to him or my, my other athlete friends went to him. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then do you do, what's your ex- explicit role there? So I also see patients as well because since I'm a female, we do have a, a uh, significant amount of uh, a Malay community, like in, in Singapore. So for them, some of the women are more comfortable with another female chiropractor. So I would take on that. But I am not really market myself that much. But even with that, you know, uh, with um, brand affiliation, with your name, what we have done, so we still have a quite influx of new patients. So, you know, that was uh, enough to keep me busy. So when I'm not in the practice, I usually will go through uh, networking sessions to uh, share a message with yeah. other business owners, look for collaborations, um, develop what be the next um, marketing strategy, what will work, what doesn't work. Yeah. Question. Uh, the Malay, the, when they're more comfortable with you, is that because of their religion? Maybe their culture, or it's just their culture. Culture-wise, they 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 are more comfortable with the women. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, I'm curious because I know that's how it is where I'm at. Is having a foreign face elevate the company? Like, sadly, there's an automatic it upper is. standard. Um, sadly, it is. This is a uh, yeah something we want to change. But when it comes to market, you just really have to get what market wants in order to survive. Um, I mean, it, it, I have been experiencing that all through my career. As you can see, I'm definitely not white. Um, so right. <laughs> You're white by Chinese standards, though. <laughs> sure, you that have means that skin nothing. color. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and then, and it's ever since the day one I start practicing, I once in a while I always get in this comment like, uh, I think I'll be really better with the white doctors, and you know. Uh, Maybe I'll be better off. I would rather choose a male white chiropractor. So that is all Mm. the time there. So I think as a female chiropractor, yes, um, there is, um, I would say, difficulties. Um, So even in Hong Kong, you're talking about? Yeah, definitely. That's a a no-brainer, definitely with that. But one thing in Hong Kong that works Mm. a little bit, well to address that issue is um, we are able to kind of run a shift so mm. if you come too bad i am the only one available so you either want to get yourself taken care of today or you come back a different time so yeah so in the future as you can see we're hiring so we're trying to apply the same method is you know not try to have a 
to Dr. Yin at the same time. So you're coming like, yeah, you, you got to see this person. You're, you you just have to wait. So up to you. Yeah. So you're and when you're saying you're a new doctor, like when you're hiring someone else. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you, you were saying you want a female, or you're saying you're gonna get a guy? Um, really doesn't matter. Whoever would be okay. most qualified to um, to the role, then yeah, we we are no specific gender or any. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. You were just saying that if they want to see Dr. Jeff, well, he's not available. So you either get who's available yeah, or that's exactly. it. And you already okay. spend your time to make your trip down here. So if I were you, I wouldn't want to waste my time again. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I hear that's a lot. Of, a lot of females have that issue is they have to prove themselves that they're capable of taking care of it. But you're like, you work out too. Like, didn't you win a competition? Yes, I as did. Well? I, uh, last year I did a three competition in a year. Oh, wow. Uh, something I would never do it again. <laughs> Probably once a year is good enough. Uh, so my first, first my competition, obviously I was my first one. Uh, I didn't really place well. I came second last. There was eight of us in the one category, but it was okay. I didn't really expect it to win anything. I just wanted to go through the process, fail and know, where I fail so I can do it better next time. So for my second competition, I was able to, it was more like a local fitness competitions for bikini girls. Mm -hmm. And I was able to win a title, uh, not top five, but I was able to squeeze into top 10. Consider I was the second oldest contestant among 35 girls. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> I was definitely not in prime of my physiology. You know, I am not young and uh, all my com competitors are 21, 22, suddenly in school. They have all this time to work out diet and I have to, you know, run a business, work out diet and all that. So I was able to place being top. I was quite happy with that, which gave me a much more confidence when it's my third competition of that year. So because I've gone through twice, you know, have gone through enough failure to know what didn't work, what work. So on my third right. competition, that was November last year. Um, I, in the bikini uh, overall, uh, in, in my category over 30, I came to mm -hmm. third place. Um, and I Whoa. pretty much lost two, the top, the, the number one and number two are very seasoned competitors. I mean, they've been doing this for five years and uh, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm really, very happy. Um, I was able to squeeze in top three. So, yeah. What was one of the reasons do you think like, your abs weren't defined enough or you didn't know how to like yeah, I was flex the exact way for the cameras? lean enough because as we... Getting older, our metabolism it is slower a little bit, and uh, and I wasn't would be lack of better word to say like a big enough. Like my shoulder wasn't broad enough. I need to I need to have a better like a bigger frame. Yeah, in mm -hmm. order to have that lean, bikini uh, look. So those two things I needed to continue. Obviously, we're taking time since we're not doing steroids or anything. We're all natural. We don't do any drugs to enhance ourselves at all. Is it allowed? In a way, they do not. They never really check. They never. So if you want to use, that's fine. That's, that's your choice. Your choice. Huh? <laughs> but you know, and it's quite obvious when it comes to competition, and you can definitely see who's using and who's not. Uh, but I have to say, the the in the women's category in bikini, I don't think the ladies are using it that much compared to the the freak the bodybuilding bodybuilding type yeah. so but for my for the people who i lost to i know for a fact they're natural so even they've been natural for good. um last um 
four or five years already. And uh, again, you know, it's a category over 30. So if you start this competition career when you're 25, you definitely look better as you age. So that's, a, I mean, sidetrack a bit is the difference between people who are using enhancement drugs who are not is the old who are not using the enhancement is the older you get, the better you, you look because you're your muscle maturity just keep building it up and you don't lose them all the way as long as you keep dieting, keep working out, building up yourself that bigger frames. You actually look better and better as you age compared to someone who is enhanced. Once they stop, they lose everything. What's one of the injuries that you guys treat a lot based on being yeah. CrossFit and bodybuilding specialized? So what we treat quite a lot is Actually, a lot of uh, uh, athletes has to train very hard for for their physique. So they have to lift heavy. So a lot of things we're dealing with is uh, when they squat deadlift, there is a significant amount of a back injury they can have. Or the past injury that was never addressed and uh, maybe they just, you know, brushed it off and, you know, tried to keep going. Hopefully it will go away, but it never did. So the back injury, shoulder injuries are the most common things we treated. Yeah. Would you say front or like back of shoulder? Mm-hmm. Shoulder. Yeah, in the front shoulder. Like the front, like the uh, impingement? Yeah, impingement, or, um... lack of range of motions. Uh, yeah, all that. Wow. Well, do y'all do a lot of soft tissue tools and adjustments? We, we are would... still quite a supplementation based in the way we were still teaching mm-hmm. them. When that, I'm not saying we are strict chiropractic 100%. We're definitely not strict chiropractic 100% because we are just extremities, right? That's definitely not right. strict chiropractic. We do, we have, uh, you know, vibrocusters, we have author stamps to help them with that. But uh, one thing is I think we are different from the there's also a quite significant osteopath who are practicing in singapore so mm-hmm. i think what we're trying to communicate the message to our athlete is you know try to educate them is you know chiropractic is and can be an enhancement for you because imagine if you have a framework that is you know at its optimal level it was you know in the in the in the ideal alignments, your performance, your trainings will increase. So when it comes to competitions, let's say you're competing in three months, you know, maybe June 18th, that's your competition. Then that's all the time you got. You neither plow through or you delay for another for a competition. And most people don't want to do that. So if you have injury during that times, we're talking about an average of one to two weeks of break from your training. And when you're competing oh. for an event, time is not the luxuries you have. And when you are resting, your competitors are working three times harder to be ill. So the message we're trying to share with them is, you know, chiropractic can ensure you that you will have less injury during your prep. Not only that, with a regular chiropractic care, you will enhance your training as well because your spine is at the optimal level. So that's, I think that's something we educate our athletes um, or patients to understand that, you know, if you want your competition or fitness career to have some sort of longevities, you must ensure your spine is at its best uh, condition possibly. Otherwise, you know, two, three years, you're done. You know, there is too much injury in your bodies. Even you want, you know, you can have money and time if you want. It's not going to happen for you. 
because you're structurally yeah. you're damaged. And uh, I know that's how do you pr- portray that to um, to people that may or may not even care about they care about injuries because they, they hurt and it stops mm-hmm. them. But then how do you relay that preventative? This will get you enhanced. Is it do you like talk about research? Do you just kind of well, this patient and this patient and this guy, they all use it. So it's kind of like an ancillary. It worked for them. So it should work for you. Or like, how do you convince oh, them? We to- do share with them some research. But from my experience, they kind of uh, just, oh, you know, brush off or didn't really care so much about the research. <laughs> I think they're the more realistic in that way. I mean, like, yes, we do have people who just like, okay, I'm here just for the injuries and, you know, get me better. And then, yes, we'll get you better. And I will always leave that message behind with telling them, like, hey, look, you know, consistency can give you results. Yeah, this will mm-hmm. come back again. And Because uh, I know I don't recognize a 10% difference, but I guess yeah. if, you know, you and your husband might actually notice, like, yeah, I could put on 20 extra pounds yeah. on the bench press today. And I'm like, I would never notice yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but... I think, you know, along the way, you're definitely going to lose certain people who are definitely want different things. They just don't want to cause injury and whatnot. But what we see right now since we started is we start noticing some of the, our very, very old patients who came, you know, since we opened just for injury, they start coming back. You know, they were like, yeah, I think I might need this more than just a few times. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, and we don't do any hard sell, script, anything in our practice. I think that is so unethical, and I hate it. I did that for my uh, last two, uh, not with the the small company, but the big company they did. We have cookie cutter, everything, everything is, like, scripted, everything. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely hate it. It was ridiculous, and it was unethical, and and you don't retain how many visits were you guys recommending or were they recommending oh, for like a typical plan, back pain? Uh, three times a, 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 a week, you know, for three months and two times a week for another three months, evaluations and once a week for another six months. So your plan. Yeah. Wow. For every- and what are y'all doing now? Like a 10 to 12 visits or just kind of come as you um, need to? Right now we are part of the Singapore um, chiropractic associations. So we are follow okay. the association's uh, standard, which is uh, rec- the maximum recommended care is 12 visits. That's what okay. we're doing. But what I learned, you know, from the two different type of practice, you know, one is WLP, 100% of script, to what I'm doing right now is people like flexibility. They do. And then they like to get what they want you know some people may not i think most of the people we have gone through is the wlp either they finish one year or they don't finish one year they just like disappeared you think like this is too much of restriction for me i mean like yeah i see the benefit but i just i just don't want to have 90 visits you know like sign off not even they have the mean to purchase that so in a way, it's a lot of time too. What's a what's WLP? Uh, waiting list practice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Call yeah. them out. If you're you're a new graduate out there, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, I would not recommend. Yeah, those were so popular when I got yeah. out of school. I think we're probably around the same age. So I mean, it was one. I was me and maybe somebody else over like ten ten other clinics. You know that were they were all doing some sort of year long yeah. plans, and so it made it. It was almost like a niche. Just offering people what they need versus yeah. like 
a year-long commitment. I was like, oh, that's an interesting niche that I just kind of fell into. <laughs> and uh, I, I always wonder, how are they doing now? You know, like my, my the, the last time. The patients yeah. or the clinics? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Because you are, I think if you are expanding from your business perspective, you're kind of selling the future money, right? You're basically, you are using the future money. And if you don't budget well, you're going to run out of your cash flow pretty quickly if you expand too fast. You always got to get those new Yeah, you're constantly, constantly, it's like, a, you know, treadmills. You have to constantly get in the new patients. And you refer. And technically, your money is an escrow. Yeah. So if the patient cancels and you spent their money, you got to find two grand, three grand, four grand, whatever it is you yeah. charge to give back exactly, to them. Exactly, exactly. What do you think they get... want to refund? And you're like, you know what? Um, this is not worth my time. So I remember when the first year I was with uh, the Carpet Fest, they do the WLP. Oh, my God, the refund. Every month, there's like one or two refund because I took over someone else's practice. So the doctor mm-hmm. who were in that clinic uh, move out and have his own practice. So, you know, obviously he took majority of that and whoever was left behind. So I have to service the rest of the adjustments and uh, I'm getting refunds left and right. And I remember that day, the uh, Matt Khan, who is the CEO, I actually sit down with me like, Jenny, you are not good enough. Look, they are going asking a refund. How could you do this? That explain all about me. Like, yeah, your company. Yeah, it's yeah, my fault. Yeah. Sucks. It's not my fault. <laughs> You can let me go, and now you're yeah, stuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no stuck, so we can do now. Um, so I learned, and this is from business price. Imagine like four thousand plan cash down halfway through the patient said, um, you know, I want to rest them back. So you know, it just in a cash flow sense, it doesn't really make any sense. If you have one or two a year, you can afford that kind of loss. But if you're relying on money to run your practice, I just think like that just. A big time bomb you are building up for yourself to explode one day. You know, what if something happened to your practice and the patient are extremely unhappy and everybody wants a refund? Then, yeah, you, you can't sustain yeah. on that. My buddy's in a clinic right now. I think they're charging eighty to a hundred thousand RMB a year, which is about a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a month. I was like, wow. And they pay. I guess they pay up front. They obviously are serving the the super rich yeah. over here. I was just like. Okay, well, you know, it's not my point. <laughs> I can't say anything. I was just like, I'm surprised that people are paying it, but they're they're definitely marketing the foreign doctor and his expertise and yeah. you know and all that kind of stuff. But I don't sure. know. I mean, like the information are so easy to have access in nowadays, right? Like people can just yeah so easy to fact check on you and realize like, oh, so this is not how it's supposed to be. I mean, like, our consumers become smarter and smarter every day. So we needed to kind of yeah. adapt, evolve to, you know, don't think your consumers are pretty dumb. They're actually quite clever. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm curious. Um, for kids, kids, for kids who are coming out of chiropractic school, uh, for the, the, the new yeah. grads, what would you say, should they look into working overseas? At the, by the time this thing comes out, you could have already have hired your next... I uh, hope person, so. <laughs> but, what, yeah. but I am curious, like, what kind of things are you looking for? Would you suggest that new grads go overseas, make money, save money, learn a new culture? Uh, what's your opinion? I think in my class, there's only like less than 10% of us practice abroad. So I think most mm-hmm. of 
new grads they are not really looking into practice about. Who knows? You know, I've been out of school for some time now, so things yeah. have changed. Maybe more people are looking. So I think for the majority of them, are still looking to probably stay in the United States, Canada, or wherever they're from. I mean, right. for new grads, if you decide to not practice abroad, uh, number one, I would do not recommend you open your own practice right away. And uh, that's something my father taught a hard lesson, very, very hard lesson to me. Because when I was graduating, you know, you have this chiropractic fire in you, and he just came back from mission training, and like, yeah, I can totally do this. You know, I'm going to snack a thousand away, la, 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 la. Not going to happen. Most likely it would happen. And, um, Would your parents have entrepreneurs? Uh, not really. I mean, they are all working really. in the corporate world for quite some time. So they're okay. less risky takers. Um, but, uh, oh, real quick. Yeah. You're overseas. I know I have to have help from my American business, but do you have help in America to take care of, like, I don't know, taxes or cars or any American responsibilities? Do you have help with that or how do y'all do, do with mean, that? What do you mean, like, uh, like taxes? Yeah, like I still have to pay taxes in America, you know, pay taxes or file for insurance or, you know, I have a car. Oh. So I deal, there's just stuff that comes up in America that I can't deal oh, with. Okay. And so I have a helper. I mean, my mom yeah. helps me. But I was just curious if you guys have to have anything like that or if you've been able to structure your life to not necessarily have any American We issues. pretty much, we don't have any assets in the States anymore. I mean, we, we just okay. get rid of whatever we have on. We, um, yeah, we don't have any assets in the United States. We do have an accountant in Wisconsin published to, you know, declare taxes, whatever here. So most of our assets are in, here in Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, my dad told me that uh, I will invest in you unless you have at least two years of experience. <laughs> so I said, okay, fine. I'll go around to get two years experience. And, you know, <laughs> but I was like, so pissed off. Like, how could you not believe in me? And I'm so glad he didn't because if I go on to build my own practice right away, I'm probably going to fail quite miserably. I mean, there's just so <laughs> much I don't know. I mean, uh, I really, really hope not the graduate out there thinking like, as long as I have this loving, passion attitudes, I can do, have success practice. Uh, no, you're not going to work for you. I mean, there is so many aspects of business that you need to learn. Um, number one. And the real world will slap you in the face pretty quick when you're like, why don't you believe in what yeah. I'm telling you? You're like, uh, because you're a chiropractor. <laughs> Wait, I'm awesome. No, 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 not, no not, not really. Gonna, not, gonna, not an argument. I mean, there. My buddy yeah, went. Blah 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 exactly. blah blah. I mean, just uh, I, if if uh, you know what I say, discourage any listeners out there. But do at least get this idea. If you are thinking yourself so awesome, amazing, like just have the fantastic X factors, you're not the only one. There's a hundred and thousand of I think just as unique or more unique than you. And how that's mm-hmm. your, that's all going to be your competitors. What what will make you different than any rest of them? And that's the major issues we recognize in your practice right away. There is about 175 chiropractors in Singapore alone. 75 of them are practicing. Other 25 kind of change their career to something else. I don't know where they are right now. But although the competition is not as big as compared to United States, but just think about like 
how are you different from the other 150 130 chiropractor on this island you know some of them have a much fancier office than you um more convenient location more fancy equipment and what make you so special like why i choose you i have so many choice by you so that's why we said let's build a brand that is specific tailored to certain demographics and if you look at our stat right now, uh, 75% of patients are male from 24 to 36. And then that's exactly the type of demographic we wanted. And we specifically target to them. We create our own pie rather than to fighting clumps with the rest of the, the people. What do you do in the market? A lot of things. Uh, we do lots of social media marketing. Um, I did everything by myself. I used to have... Um, a social marketing company to help me but turns out um, they are really really terrible of delivering the service so I just shocking yes and another thing I uh, if you're a business owner if you want to engage any third party to help you or anything like at least understand what they can provide you what they cannot provide you and understand how the mechanism how it works so that I Get several yeah, quotes. Get several quotes. Several, several, several quotes. Asking lots of questions. And then at that time, I realized this whole digital marketing, I really cannot trust anybody except myself. So I did. So I did all my marketing campaign by myself. I designed a specific message to it, show them what it is. Um, the, the good thing is um, through my networking uh, community, I'm part of the Business Networking International uh, when I was started. B- yeah, BNI. BNI. Yeah. Hey, if you're yeah. part of BNI, go join. They are very, very resourceful. You're the first person that mentioned that yet so far in this whole really? podcast. Ah, yeah. oh, man, I was a, I was like the president for years. I did all kinds. Of, BNI was like core backbone yeah, of is. my marketing strategy. If you don't have any business or like, experience, anything, you need yeah. to go for BNI. So you might be in a group. We have. A lot of very seasoned uh, SME, uh, small, medium enterprise business owners who have been in their own industry for 10, 20 years. So in in Singapore. Singapore. So you know that they know the environment of that Yeah, exactly. So, you know, before I start up, there's hours, hours of long conversation of what can we make work? You know, how can we make it better and that? And uh, one of the my BNI friend uh, who really really helped me is um, uh, her name is uh, uh, Z. She is a, a branding consultant. She has her own company for last I think fifteen years, and uh, she is basically the brand the brand consultant for one of the very very well known uh, chain restaurant in Singapore. Because right now I think they are generate they already list the company as well like fifty million dollar turnover every year. And she started wow. help them to build up from a small, small neighborhood food place to, you know, fifty million dollar in sales every year. And then I think that that at that time she told me the the journey of that company is, you know, like what vision they have, what kind of demographic they have. And, 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 and at, at that time, you know, I still have my own mind of how a chiropractor should work. He said, oh, you know, we should see everybody, you know, we should see the kids all the way to elderly, we should see everybody, you know, everybody is your customer. And she said, that's your biggest pitfall. When you have yeah. everybody, you have nobody. <laughs> so she was. 
So you actually had somebody help you to actually niche yeah. down. Yeah, and then she asked me a series of questions, like you know, like who are your ideal patient now? You know, where are these people hang out? You know, like how do you get access information? You know, showed up in where they hang out, either in a digital platform or or physical platforms, and uh, you know, the narrower or the more specific a demographic is. Um, the higher the conversions you will have, it's not about the mass. It's about uh, specificity, specific, how specific you can be with with the yeah. with the demographic. And uh, yeah, that's uh, how we did it. And uh, in, in the beginning, I have a lot of doubts. You know, like yeah, I want to see everybody. You know, like if I can see everybody, my revenue will go up. Blah blah blah. blah. Do I have to turn away the people that yeah. have, that are not yeah, in my niche? Or actually. Um, there are times we did turn away people who does not really fit into this. So we basically just refer them to, you know, the chiropractor down the road who pretty much sees everybody. Uh-huh. And I've given them the impression of the reason we cannot help you is because we are really good at doing this thing. This is our specialty. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to treat whatever you have, you're better off somewhere else. And uh, it's hard in the beginning to, you know, not when you're just starting doing up and not able to take money from the customer because, you know, you, 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 need, you it. need it. You know, it's really tough, you know, having this internal struggle of how is the principle work? What about reality? But, um, but I have to say is really looking at the long term, the, the bigger pictures beyond two months from now, like what you having yeah. in it. And uh, I am glad I, I stick with the demographic, the visions we had in the beginning. And the look at right now, you know, like all the people who are coming in, either they are young athletes who wanted to, you know, explore competition, kind of competing lifestyle, or people who are mm-hmm. in their, you know, early 30s who want to continue with their fitness lifestyle. You know, how do they avoid that? And uh, the most rewarding things we're seeing right now is, the parents bring their very competitive kids to see us. You know, um, Jeff have this handful of kids who are on the uh, national water polo teams, swim teams, you know, who are, you know, they, their parents are spending time and money to groom them to be the next, next Olympic on competitors. So, and I mean, yeah. that's, that's the message I get is, okay, my marketing was on point. Otherwise, I would not be able to tap in this community. So if someone's looking, you know, I'm looking, even for myself, when I go back, to niche down like that, sometimes it's hard. Like, we think, I'm going to just treat headaches. I'm going to just treat sciatica. Or, like, I'm an instrument, uh, dual certified in that. So some chiropractors will probably disown me. But that's just, a, it's a niche. And I'm just wondering, what type of coach, or maybe it's a coach that we have to talk to, to really help us focus in so that we can really define what kind of person do we want and have like an outsider's point of view so that they're like, no, that's too small. You got to go a little bit wider or like, here's where you can go and find these types of clients. Do you have any kind of, I'm guessing a coach or what would you think? Um, I, I think, okay, there's a series of things I have done before, you know, I start my practice and I, I hope this is not quite, I will, I will make my point in that. Yes. I think if, if for any business owner or you think about owning your business or working for someone else, whatever case will be is the whatever success or vision you want, you must start within yourself. 
which means you must be very authentic with yourself. Like know, really, really authentically know like what you're good at, what you're not good at, and uh, what is stopping you to pursue any type of goal. And uh, So before we start uh, our practice, I spent about good one year to kind of work on myself. So I did um, this uh, whole self-help um, program called the Landmark Forum. I'm not sure if you heard about that. Uh, Landmark Forum. Yeah, I, and it turns out like there's a quite a handful of chiropractors who are doing really well have done that program as well. I mean, you, you they have options just for one month, but um, I see myself through, so I dedicate one year to complete the entire curriculum. And it was the best investment I have ever done for myself. And through that, I understand what kind of false image I created for myself. And I was able to authentically to target all my flaws rather than be judgmental to ourselves. I think that's a pitfall we have, at least for women. We always constantly judging ourselves. And then that is a huge roadblock for you to progress beyond that point. So I did under that. So for any of the business owner or, or whatever situation you're be is, you have to really understand um, yourself. I think there's an old Chinese saying is know your enemy but know yourself better, right? So know your enemy, know yourself mm-hmm. better. You kind of have a skill, and I wish is so true. Um, so do yeah. you do you think real quick um, when you're working for somebody else like? Most careers in the medical profession have like a residency. And if you, like you said, like the first year, you really don't know what you're doing. If you work for somebody else, even if you're getting underpaid and can barely survive, you can look at it like that. This is the time to find out from the other practice. I hate feet. I don't really want to deal with feet ever again. I'm not going to advertise like plantar fasciitis treatment. Or if I have those patients, I'm going to just push those away. And you can start fine tuning who you are, what you're passionate about and learning from other people. Like this is a marketing plan that kind of works. On somebody else's dime. Yeah. Instead of having yeah. to figure it out on your own. Yeah, but uh, the, the pitfall with that is you always have this upper management to answer to, right? So whatever marketing plan you have to roll off, the, the, the management has, oh, let me take a look at that. And you're like, mm, I don't really have the budget for that. What can you do? It? Yeah. So that's mm. definitely the restriction I had, which is I totally hate it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's great okay. for you to gain opportunity to practice. I think if you have a good skill, it definitely uh, can help you to succeed in practice because your product has to be good, right? You can't sell <laughs> a cheap product in order to have a long-term customers. Your, your product, your service must be a good enough for them to continue to trust yeah. you. So that's number one. So your skill must be there. And then if, you know, through residency or working for someone else, seeing a lot of patients, but not necessarily getting compensated accordingly. I mean, that's a sacrifice I think you are, you need to make. And obviously in the time of, you know, when we talk about new grads, there's, you know, millennials who want instant gratification, have entitlement, all that, like, if you still continue to have that kind of attitude, the war is going to be a such bitch for you. I mean, like, there is no such thing as easy ride. Uh, everyone, everyone I know, including myself, have get down dirty and do all the hard work, all the bitch work. I mean, sometimes I joke with my friend. I said, uh, I am the company bitch, pretty much, because I do everything. <laughs> yeah, somebody's going to do it. <laughs> yeah, I am the company Um, Yeah, really do all the bitch work really there's no other way around it and uh yeah don't think there's an easy way to succeed without 
you going through a lot, lot of hardship, challenge, fail numerous times, and still test if you have the persistency to succeed. Yeah. What's a a failure that you had to overcome? A lot of things. Things I have made with financial failures, such as you know, I engaged a company who did not deliver what they uh, promised. That's a loss in in finance as well. Uh, dealing with a certain government regulations. Um, we are actually initially have this uh, office uh, space we want to rent to, but uh, due to the government regulations, we have to give up the space. That's definitely money loss in time. That, oh. yeah. So, and then all these things you don't know until you get there. Is that, oh, I did not know that's the, the, the thing I need to take care of. Nobody told me. Yeah, that's it. So you... Yeah, now you got a penalty fee exactly. on top of it. And now I remember forever. I mean, it's a very expensive lesson I learned, but yeah. Yeah. And for, especially when you're, you've worked for years saving money to start your own clinic. And then you just, like you said, you, I only got this much money and I like lost half of it here and a quarter of it here. And you're like, okay, this is not the way I was expecting my budget yeah. to go. And exactly. It's like a surprise. And it happens anywhere, whether you're in Singapore or in America exactly. or anywhere. Exactly. There's always those little things that happen and you try something and then you fall on your face. But yeah, you made it work. You, you, by the end of the day, yes. I have a few friends who who just started their practice and, and not, some of them are not a necessary chiropractic business recently. I'm just, right. just like, oh my God, I never know, you know how difficult running your business is. Like, yes, it is. It's really difficult. But all you need to do is keep, take it one day at a time and just keep your eyes on the horizon and make it through. You know, Things will get better yeah. with time. And uh, don't have a, such a tight budget because there are so many variables in there. Always have extra cash somewhere else just for emergency. I mean, for us, the first six months in Parkinson's was so difficult. And the most difficult was the first three months, uh, which is we were having hard times getting new patients in. And that time was the time I engaged the third party, you know, uh, a digital yeah. marketing platform. Oh, my gosh. If I can. It's like, here we go. Um, yeah. Um, it just, it was terrible. And we were looking at the bank account. It's like, you know, it's a running cost, right? If you don't have enough to cover it, you're losing money every day. So many sleepless nights, so many uh, things like, what can we do? What can we do? And uh, what I did right away is, you know, fired a company who did not help me anything. And uh, just, you know what, I'm going to do everything by myself. You know, I don't know how to do digital marketing. I don't know how to use the social media to market. I know someone do. So I just went around um, to talk to some of my friends who have a lot of success doing this. Like, okay, show me what you did. Like, tell me how you do, did it. So I just sit down with them. Um, they teach me. So you used your downtime since you weren't busy exactly. anyway to yeah. actually. Actually, yeah, I think that three months, six months. Yes, I, we were really seeing a lot of patients. But I wouldn't say I have a downtime. So whenever I am not in the office, I'm always out for a meeting to either uh, meeting HR from companies who want to use our service or um, just meeting different people who are able to collab with us. Um, yeah. You have corporate contracts or anything so like I, that? At or? that time, I was trying to get corporate contract. I know it's so hard, but I guess some handful of patients from there so instead of like a company of 20 or 30 people i got one or two it's like, okay it doesn't matter one or two is better than nothing right so yeah. I, you just have to literally go around knocking on people's doors like okay this is what i do would you want to give it a try that's pretty much what we did just constantly hustling 
knocking on doors, taking rejections, moving on to the next one. Yeah, say, was it just like cold calling or did you kind of position, hey, patient, you're happy with us. Where do you work? Maybe we can bring you guys some food and have a presentation or was it just like cold door knocking? Oh, some of them cold door knocking. We went around the studios, um, the gym, around at that time we thought to fill it with the gym was the best you know option so we went yeah. down around which that did not generate return right away only later on no um so you know just plant your seeds literally anywhere you can so we went around to all the gyms to all the fitness centers i have a quite a lot of contact since i've been here so i dig out all my old contact uh, from there, and um, we and we have two or three people who are what we call uh, right now called social media influencers. So they have uh, quite a following. Mm-hmm. So we get them in, you know, like film them how to how what adjustments like, show the public what adjustments like. We actually create this whole series of you know what to expect from adjustments and all that. What's what is a chiropractic adjustment? So we post. On social media, we we use the Facebook marketing on that, and everything just really explode from that point on, because it was that recent. That was back in end of 2015. Yeah. Okay, so I saw that you're videotaping something in Singapore off of Facebook. So I was just curious if that was like. No, a no, new... we've been doing this for for two years now. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Okay, so this is part of yeah, the it's part of strategy. I mean. You have to think in the mind of your customer, right? Like, let's say today your friend told you, like, they went to this Japanese restaurant and they said the udon there was wonderful. Yes, you get, you heard this place from your friend, but you know what? I want to check out what it's like. So you went to that Japanese website. If they have a website, most of people don't, so they're losing out in that. You went to the website see where they look like okay you know you like the lightings you like where's located it's not too far from you you like the price most restaurants have a price and it's like okay i want to see what other people say about me right okay now i went to facebook if that restaurant has a facebook now you went to right. facebook you see the readings you know most people like it occasionally you'll have this you know high maintenance people give you one star which is expected you know like okay it's nice people are taking a picture of it then you go to the instagram of that if the restaurant has an Instagram. You went to Instagram, you see what they're behind the scenes. Like now, not only your friend recommend it, now you're 100% convinced I need to go there this Friday with my wife, with my family, because I think they're going to like it. So that's what I mean by you have the two. You, as a, whatever business you are in, either chiropractic or non-chiropractic, whatever business you are, if you are B2C, like business to customer kind of relation, you literally need to be everywhere, everywhere website, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Google+, even people still use Google+, everywhere. <laughs> so they, they see you everywhere, the credibility of you uh, increases. And then that's, I think, you- one of the key success to our practice that helped us to grow tremendously in a year and a half, is we make the effort to be literally everywhere. Are you putting the same, you know, if you post Instagram, you can put it on Facebook, you can put it on Twitter. Do you do a lot of the same stuff on every platform or do you have to like fine tune it for, um, obviously Instagram, you need more pictures versus Facebook, but Snapchat's more video. Instagram now does video. Facebook does video. So it's like, 
Do you yeah, cross um, one thing everywhere, or do you customize um, everything? I have an app which is I run everything by myself. I re- I have an app called the Hoot, which is kind of help you to manage all these platforms. That I think that was quite easy. What was it Hoot? called? I'll show you. Hoot. Yeah, Hoot Suite with the. That's still available. I thought that shut down. Okay. Maybe it got bought out. I use Buffer. I oh, Buffer works really Hootsuite. well too. So you can like schedule posts. Yeah. So sorry, I have some. People like doing maintenance outside the house. Okay. No um, if buffer can work. Um, obviously, like a video, if it's a one minute, you can cross uh, cross post uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram, and obviously okay. pictures. So you will have more because the Instagram you can actually actually can check the impressions, like you know, uh, yeah. which one has more and whatnot. So you can actually see what. Um, type of image or videos they find it more interesting to more engage in that and then, as you know some of the social influencers are there are what we call kind of an internet you know they see very almost soft porn to gain more viewers and uh as much you can definitely get followers and likes from that and you're definitely not getting the right demographic to to follow you. So try not to get something so you can get click or like, you know, have some creative contents, you know, always come up with new things. Uh, you can always share a post from someone else. Yeah, actually, I do share quite a post from Cairo Sushi. Some people, you know, complain about, oh, why are you making it so stupid? No, it's not so Blame Tristan. It's not for... <laughs> Chiropractors, like, can't you get it? Like, they're talking to specific demographic. Obviously, you not you don't think it's gonna be up to your level, but it's not for you. It's for a specific demographic, and I think their means are very interesting. My follower liked yeah. it, so you know you can share. If you don't know anything, I cannot come up with new thing all the time. Just share from someone else, and for the Facebook wise. And you can repost on Instagram. Yeah. Like there's apps where you can repost where I've I've taken I love Basset Hounds. So I'll take people's Basset Hound photos sometime, put it on my own Instagram. You get a you know, ten percent of the people yeah, like exactly. it. And you're like, it's better than like you said, it's better than a sexy woman, which yeah. uh you might get some likes, but who who who's liking it? You can get it? some dick pics on that too. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> so that's definitely not, you know, like really understand what your viewers want from you know, mm-hmm. from from this whole experience, like what we want. I mean, like for us, obviously, majority of our patients are coming from either referral, uh, internet, or social media. These three are the our main channel of new patients who come in. And you know, we do have about ten percent of patients who come in from Instagram. And mm-hmm. I Instagram, I didn't, you know, I didn't put any money in there. I just post almost every day. And as much as we can, and then we get people from that. I mean, just like, you know, if you post once a day, how much time does it really take? Maybe 15 minutes. And that's a 15 minutes every day generating about, you know, three to five patients um, yeah. a month. And that's in the beginning before you know yeah. what you're doing. After that, it doesn't take yeah, very exactly. long. I mean, like, uh, yeah. You know, I, I was listening to a social media podcast the other day, and they were saying, I'm pretty sure it's Twitter. It doesn't matter when you post these days. It's just that once you post, it gets into an algorithm. And so it'll display it when it wants to. It's no longer time generated. Like, 
you post it at five o'clock, it's eight o'clock, they'll never see it. They just sort of shuffle it around and show it to people whenever they feel like it's most appropriate. So that's a, that's kind of an eye opener for me that it's not so time sensitive yeah, anymore. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, if you're, yeah, if you're targeting like a local audience, I think Instagram still have to follow that time sensitivity and whatnot. But yeah, but Facebook, the algorithm is about, you know, how interesting your content is. Obviously, the more engaged mm-hmm. you are, the more likely you go push up. And they were saying, you know, a lot of people were saying the live video gave you more feed. So we, we are also doing For live sure. videos as much as we can with our busy schedule. But, you know, I think all these platforms, most of them are free. And even you wanted to, you know, put some money into social media is so reasonable. You know. What do you think is a good amount per day? I think about $20 a day, at least. Mm-hmm. 20 a day? Yeah. Okay. Do you prefer promoting live videos, yeah. uh, pictures, or uh, blog posts? Uh, I would say you have to have a little bit of everything. Like every month we have one or two videos running as ad. We have at least mm-hmm. one informative blog post. We have one uh, the f- promoting the page. Just let people see the page. And uh, yeah. You just have to look. Do you have any lead magnets? No. Do you have any I, lead magnets on your I website or anything like that? that. Yeah. Okay. So basically right. for my website, yes, I get my, my very trusted friend who runs an SEO company to did website everything for us. So when he started taking over, it was last year, March. So on Google Organic mm-hmm. Search, we're on the seventh page, which is seventh, seventh page. Yeah. So, you know, okay, that's non-existent. Then. Yeah, it's considered non-existent. <laughs> so he worked on my website about six months. Right now we are in number one. We even beat our own association website. <laughs> the association wow, are supposed job. to be number one. So we actually beat them. So we're in number one. So that definitely gave you a lot of credit. What's your website? Uh, SingaporePainSolution.com. SingaporePainSolutions. Yeah, you can check it out. Or, you, or if you go to my Instagram, the official Instagram, um, the, it's in my handle, the website. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you can check it Very out. Good. And uh, I think that's a few things. Sound of chiropractor in Singapore or United States are definitely overlooked. They don't think having the website or properly running website is very important. You know, it's like you have a, a, sh- a shop in a shopping mall, but you don't have any uh, sign or banner or anything. It's like an internet business card. And exactly, that's all it is. exactly. And people do fact check on you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Google yourself. Yeah. You'll be shocked and hit yes. images just if you're curious. Yes, yes, yes. So make sure you have that. And uh, once yeah. you have, you know, you have this kind of like uh, establishment in all these platforms, right? Google, Facebook, social, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, and all that. If, ha- if you have established that foundation, it's so mm-hmm. much easier for you to look for potential business partner to work with you. So what happened is uh, about a year, oh, close to a year into that, so we start to, you know, working closely with uh, National Amateur Bodybuilding Association Singapore. Uh, at that point, which is a year, year and a half ago, the association is still very young. Um, they only did a few competitions in Singapore. And, uh, you know, at that time, we understand the association can go 
bar with the, the right right people, and then luckily they were running by the right people. So we just continue to work with them, you know, giving them athletic uh, special um, this kind of service, let them try what we do. And a lot of them at that time are like, you know, trainers. They have their own clients. They are competing so they can have get more clients because, you know, they, they look really good as a, you know, walking advertising for themselves. <laughs> yeah. We did. And initially the return is definitely not there considered the amount of work money sponsorship everything we put in is that's why you gotta like yeah, doing it you really like it it's definitely not there but you know it's an investment that had the risk in there so that's a year ago now the naba singapore the national amateur Bodybuilding association is pretty much is going to be establishing its um, its, its association everywhere in China, everywhere, everywhere in Asia, including China, Hong Kong, Korea, you know, Cambodia, Laos, and that. So they have a really big plan to roll off. And, uh, you know, we are last year, towards the end of last year, we are recognized as the uh, head of the medical community for that associations. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if you have the mind of millennials, you know, that instant gratification, that entitlement, like I spent so much money and time to organization, I expected this, 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 this. But the key fact I think people are overlooking for is what kind of asset can you be for your potential working partners? I think Mm -hmm. that that's the one thing that the president of the association see us. I mean, he was a very cautious person because obviously the organization needs to be run at um, um, at a high ethical level. You know, you have to have the integrities with it. So he was a very cautious about to have what kind of people to be in his committees. And luckily, yeah, Absolutely. you know, through all these collaborations, he sees us literally a small, small company that um, is pretty much nobody at that time and was able to trust in us our service and able to let us join the team and just grow with them hmm wow uh curious what's the plan for the next five uh, okay so the plan for next five years is um so what we want to do is uh, as you can know our 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 company is called singapore pain solutions it's kind of like a singapore brand healthcare service provider so what we want to do is we will want to have at least another four more clinic in singapore then we are going to move on into franchise so basically taking the singapore brand to other surrounding countries like Cambodia, myanmar vietnam uh if by then indonesia allow us back in then definitely indonesia again yeah so that's our plan when you're talking um these other countries, the fees, the fees will be definitely lower, I would think. But is that true or not true? Maybe like if you're in Siem Reap, Cambodia, their average income is going to be a lot different than, say, Singapore. Is that, does that change um, marketing strategies or like how well, you definitely. set yeah, up everything? Definitely. I mean, the key is going to this country is you definitely have a very, very little competitions because there's mm-hmm. very few chiropractic in there. It's number one. Definitely, you want to adjust to what is rele- relevant to the to the demographic there. But the mm-hmm. good thing is, um, you know, is the global economy is going forward, and 
people are getting more money in their pocket than they had 20 years ago. And obviously the need for certain lifestyles will be changed. And I think chiropractic has a lot of potential in that. I mean, from you know business perspective, you can definitely incorporate in the part of the lifestyles you want, if you want you know, a certain lifestyle. Yeah. I want to retire in America, which means I have to make enough money wherever I live to fund that retirement mm-hmm. later on. Yeah. Is that a possibility when you're working in places like Vietnam or Laos? Can you make enough money to sort of not only survive in, you know, not, not just survive, but thrive in that country, but have enough for retirement wherever it is that you want to live? Yes, I think so. Because it also depends okay. on, you know, what kind of a retirement you want. If you want a yacht and $2 million mansions, you have to practice, right? So it depends uh-huh. on what kind of standard it is. But the thing, like, the, the, the president we try to set up as a profession in, in Asia is we not wanted to let the our peer, the other chiropractors, to understand chiropractic. Not only it can be rewarding you as a clinician or professions, it can be very rewarding as a, just some kind of a financial means. And uh, we start to see that in our practice, although it's just very, very small number, but, you know, it can be a microcosmic of everything else. You know, we have few young patients who are, you know, competing and whatnot. Then they are kind of on this career path of should I go into physio or should I go into chiropractic? And then they see what we mm-hmm. do. And they said, you know what, chiropractic, although is not at this point, we're not part of the public healthcare uh, sector yet. Although it's not in the public healthcare, but I see that as a a way to earn uh, uh, earn a, a decent living than a physio, and then that's the goal mm. we want to set uh, for the people who are either in the profession or thinking going to profession. They don't see it in the way like, well, at least you know I can make my daily life by having my you know passions and do that but not necessarily have that financial freedom to achieve or to travel or to whatever you know goal you want so we wanted to set in that in a way that people see chiropractic is a rewarding career not only just you know for your passion or not it's a financial rewarding career as well so i think yeah that is visions. The, yeah one of the pitfalls the chiropractic in the united states are having is i don't think most of them see it as a, a financial rewarding career, which is right. very, very sad. And it's a big issue. There's a lot of struggling doctors out there. Exactly. and uh, That's why there's so we, many coaching programs out there. Are they really that helpful? That comes to my next questions. Or, you know, <laughs> I have gone through two coaching programs when I was working on that. And I feel like I don't think that would be really helpful at all. I mean, they're really, number one, the, 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 the management company is not even here. So how do they know what I'm going through in my daily base? You know, from someone mm-hmm. you're in, someone in Boston area sitting in your little office, like how do you know? How do you know what I'm dealing with in the country of 5.5 million people? And the next people, the next thing people are working on is driverless car and smart homes. <laughs> yeah, we are so afraid of ahead of times and that. Um, if you need coach, go ahead. But if the coaching, yeah. if the coach doesn't have already have the visions you want to see yourself in 10 20 years i don't think you should really engage in of them 
because they just you know lack of I don't know what's your strict credits on that. You know, you you only run have one office. You being that one office for the last twenty years. I mean, I don't really care how many patients you see. Your vision is one office. How are you going to coach someone who had a vision of a hundred offices? Your mind is not even. Well, yeah, and there's definitely coaches that you have to. That's a lot more homework too on your end to find the coach that has the experience with multiple clinics and trying to find what you need. Yeah to learn from and then you have to fire them and get the next person because now you've surpassed your coach. Yeah, and, exactly. And all of exactly. That. Yeah. Or, you know, find someone so-called a coach, not necessarily coaching your own industries. I mean, there's a lot of uh, coaching mm-hmm. out there who are coaching CEO and, um, you know, much higher management levels, perhaps have someone looking to from different perspective. I mean, I have a group of people behind me. Whenever I have a new idea, I always run by them. And none of them are chiropractors. They basically already right. succeed in their own industry for many years. They have seen the ugly, they have seen the good. So they, you know, whatever improvement, expansions, what's the next step, I always ask them, hey, what do you think? I mean, they really can give you a lot of good perspective. So for coaching-wise, I don't think you have really have to stick with it. Yeah. Uh, really need uh, to stick with someone who is in, within the chiropractic professions. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it makes it even more of a daunting task to find someone, but you start asking other people, especially if you're like, like you said, you're in a BNI mm-hmm. group. Well, who do you use? Who do you use? And you'll start opening up. And um, again, you got to, something that's worth paying an outside an outsider to evaluate your clinic because they can e- incorporate, well, this works for these types of clinics or this type of business. How can we convert it? So that it works for you in your healthcare yeah, profession. Exactly. 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 Hmm. And then I think some of the chiropractors are a bit cynical towards what they know. And they have a, a very strong emotional attachment with what they know. Um, so, but the worry is so different right now. You neither fight and try to keep your own traditions or die with your traditions or evolve and adapt and make a better one for yourself. Yeah. And that is a, definitely a choice that you have yeah. to make. Switch gears just yeah. a little bit. As far as good books, apps, or things like that, what can you recommend for people if they're trying to, I guess, improve self-help, uh, anything like that? Do you have any kind of mm-hmm. advice for people? Uh, the books, well, I remember during that time, you know, obviously I, I read Thinking Grow Rich a couple of times. I think that gave me a good foundation with that. And recently, I just kind of go back to the green book. It's really surprising because I just want to go back to the true philosophy and see what I miss. You know, if you really believe your brand and believe a product, you know, you really, really need to know the product very well. So right now, I'm going back to green book to see if there anything I miss I can use. What kind of message can I communicate? Self-help-wise, um, I, you know, Lama Forum, if anyone asks me, I would definitely 100% recommend you to take on that. And it is so much easier for you to, to attend the Lama Forum in the United States compared to overseas. For me, I had to wait for four months for my for my oh, seminar wow. to occur. So, you know, United States <laughs> is every other month or, you know, if you're in a major city, it's literally every Tuesday weekend. So, you know, really take advantage of that. Another thing or skill I would say I learned is, you know, have diversities with the people you hang out with. You know, before when I first come here, the only people I hang out with were the other chiropractors. And after a while, I just realized we're complaining about the same thing. We want the same thing. And that's it. There's nothing more than it. 
And then that just really kind of like um, shrinking your visions because you hang out with the same mm-hmm. people. So hang out with different people. You know, if you know someone who is very successful in a certain field, even you has absolutely no relations with you, go ahead, you know, talk to them. Business is the business. The market is in the market. It's, it's, if it's the same for you, it's no, not much of different in someone with someone else with different industrial background. And really just hang out with people who really, really haven't made it, you know, who has um, a company has, you know, five or $10 million turnover or, um, you know, someone who really, really, really made it, you know, ask them how they get there, buy them lunch, get them to coffee or something. And the key thing is it's really rewarding to see your friends is growing and then you know you can be like them as well. I mean, I have a few friends <clears throat> when I started my practice, they are just kind of in the beginning of the tech startups. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was there when he was struggling and you know, try to get fundings and, you know, kind of get client to buy his product. And I was there and I see, you know, he started with his one man show right now is TO20. And last time they did a company evaluations, his product is about $12 million um, in value. That's just in a short period of three, ta- three years. And then you know that, you know, like see your friends able to make it, you know, you, you can make it as well. <laughs> yeah. They have the same struggles as we do. It looks a yeah. little different, but in reality, it's the same thing. You got a product, you're trying to advertise it, you got to get yeah. eyes on it, they got to want it, they got to yeah. buy it, and then you got to scale. Yeah, exactly. And at that time, he he knows, you know, like maybe this is where I get my inspiration of always, you know, thinking outside the box. And he knows Singapore is such a small market. So he actually spent a lot of time going to Vienna, yeah, Vienna, Cambodia, now Myanmar, trying to sell his product. And I, And I think... I do get that inspiration from them understanding, you know, Singapore is such a small pond and we need to expand to to places that have more people. So, yeah. But 5.5 million, most people would say you could probably have four clinics in just different parts of the city because there's so many uh, yeah, citizens. you can. But what's the joy in that to make your brand of an international brand rather than a local brand, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Different yeah, visions, different right? Visions. I mean, you just, I mean, that's another thing that a lot of foreign have told me is like, I think most of the time we really undermine ourselves. We really don't give ourselves the credit, what is credit due. And I think, you know, growing up in a Chinese family, you're kind of always have a lot of expectations. Even you achieve that expectations, there are more expectations on top of that. You know, you never get a, a praise or reward of the achievements already done. And, uh, you know, through the landmark forums, you know, you are able to kind of rewarding yourself with the small milestones and understand if I can make this happen in three to six months, I can make this happen in five to 10 years. And my vision will become reality. And it's just a matter of time. All I need to do is be patient, be persistent, and keep doing the work. And I will get there. Everything is just a matter of time. Wow. Some good words right there. <laughs> Something I keep telling myself every day. I almost wanted to wrap up right there, but I'll just ask yeah. this question. So you experienced um, 13 years in China. Mm-hmm. You went to school there. Then you had kind of junior high, high school in America. What are What's the difference? What have you noticed? Is do you remember the differences? Yes. If it was more intense in China or what? Um, I think my creativity really blossomed <laughs> when I was in the, in the States. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I always, 
at that time, uh, in high school, I was actually on my way to go to uh, Chicago Art Institute um, because I just love color, photography, drawing, and uh, and that part was never explored when I was in, in China. But obviously, I did not go to mm-hmm. art school because, you know, my parents told me, starving artists, you job. need a good job. So I went to science <laughs> instead. Yeah. Um, but that creativity has always been part of me. And uh, it, I mean, yes, obviously, I did not become the next, you know, artist to have uh, art exhibitions and whatnot. But the creativities um, really transcended in the other ways. You know, you kind of uh, uh, helped me to see things from different perspective. Yeah. You know, my buddy, that was her side oh. hustle. She, um, she's raising kids now, but she paints. She's actually selling pieces of work. And I'm kind of like you. I've always been involved with coloring graphics and trying to enjoy that stuff. And so for me, like the podcast, doing some of these Instagram stuff is very fulfilling because I actually enjoy creating and being creative with the with different pictures yeah. and different things. Yeah. And it's just a way to use what you're good at and what you enjoy yeah. in a profession that could maybe make more money in the long term. <laughs> In the immediate future as well as in the, in the future. In yeah, distance. I mean, like, sometimes I do think, you know, what, what, what my life would be if I do go into pursue, like, art and design and whatnot. I'm thinking, like, maybe it's better if I use this talent for something else can generate me more. <laughs> you know, if you're, <laughs> if you're a person who just, you know, oh, my God, I hate color. I hate, you know, taking pictures. I hate, you know, this, make everything all balance, which is my husband. He just like, ah, just take whatever picture that is and post. Like, no, you cannot do that. You have to. I mean, you know, that, that does not bring him joy. You know, it actually bring him more stress than that. But if you're a person yeah. who are really into that, you know, you're like, you, you, I guess you don't really need it to be, artist to be a full-time to explore your talents but you know you use your talent in other ways you know it's an advantage you have compared to your peers well you have to figure out what you are passionate and good at because you can tailor a market even a marketing mark you know when you're mm-hmm. marketing if you're better with words than videos and all this stuff there's people out there just like you yeah you know and you just got to find out okay how do i tap into that and it could be through facebook you know where you're uh targeting time magazine subscribers you know versus natural geographic or something like that to where you can pigeonhole yeah. you know exactly what you're looking exactly. for and then that way it'll appeal to exactly them. exactly patience yeah. patience. so you know like if you're if even in school you have a certain hobby not necessarily necessarily resonate with what you do you know don't think that hobby or skill or interest is a waste of time it's definitely not a waste of time it can definitely help you to into other things i mean the, the very great example with jeff is you know like exercise fitness has always been his passion you know he, he always mm-hmm. liked that he he always been doing that since college but like nobody really like guided him tell him like hey you can use this to combine with chiropractic and see what it can blossom into. And nobody really made that connection. As much as he won with his first two previous jobs, and I mean, the, 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 the directors don't see the potential of that. Well, sucks to be them, because I was able to see that. And we mushed those two together and brand him and look at where he is right now. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I did that with um, fencing, you know, like yeah. sword fighting. Yeah. But I moved someplace that there's not a big 
community there, but I still went because I enjoyed it, even though it didn't really bring patience yet. It, like I said, it's that long term. This is what you enjoy doing. You do it. Eventually, the referrals will come and uh, yeah. and all of that, regardless of what exactly, it is. Exactly. And the, another point you can bring into being like being embraces the fitness style. Yes. You know, sometimes we see a chiropractor who is totally overweight, probably never step a foot into the, the practice, you know, like eating God knows what for lunch and dinner and telling your patients, oh yeah, you need to lose a couple pounds. I mean, what kind of credibility that come from? It's like, I think you need to lose a few pounds. before. So yeah. The doctor in our area is smoking. Yeah. He's smoking, and I feel like, am I am I in the 1950s? So we're going to have to have a conversation soon because it's been in the last month. This guy just starts smoking in the hospital no. in our room, stinking it up. My wife's all like, got to take an allergy pill yeah. to combat it. I'm just like, this is not just not yeah, working. Exactly. Like, what are you exactly. doing? Exactly, and then, then that really separate you from your competitors. You know, like, if, if, if two chiropractors, they both say, like, they can help you with a sports injury. One is totally overweight. Clearly, you can see another one is fit, you know, like, you know, who are you going to go to? Obviously, the fit ones, right? Because he, yeah. that person who probably understand what you have gone through compared to someone who never stepped in the gym. And uh, that's another thing so profession really needs to work on is, you know, we're constantly talking about obesity, overuse of drugs in America. People are, you know, getting on all this crazy diet pill and whatnot. Obviously, not, not everyone is fit, not even minority of them. But the chiropractors are not really representing the lifestyle, the fitness, a health, healthy lifestyle they preach every day. I mean, don't you think they just right. make you a hypocrite? You're just there to sell something that you don't even practice. I mean, it really doesn't have give you any, again, street credits with that. And... Um, and and the, I'm not saying like for all the uh, chiropractors needed to, you know, get into the fitness niche and whatnot. No, not that. And then you needed to find a way that work really works best for you. And I remember I tried to explore the pediatric route. You know, kids, maybe mm-hmm. pregnant women. And to be honest with you, I absolutely hated. It. it was kids with terrible yeah. adjust. And uh, as much as I tried, I you know try to be patient and try to be whatever I can. And sometimes when I see the age of like oh, three, really? Okay, great. You know, that, that was never be my passion for that. And I just, I, I retire. I, Crying and screaming yeah, exactly. around. And, and one day I'm going to be a mother. So this is going to be interesting. <laughs> Maybe my perspective, you <laughs> will change. I've heard it once, once they're yours, you care more and you're more compassionate. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, really hope so. Um, so it, it's a, you know, if pediatric kids is your passion, use that, you Go know, yeah. really use that, make it, make, make it your brand, like make it what represent you, you know, like how are you raising your kids? You know, how are you raising your family? You know, like set a great There's even pediatric based tables. Yeah, exactly. You know, be like kids friendly and everything. Just brand yourself into that target, um, a pregnant mom or mom to be in that, and one which is uh, one of my friends who just started his practice, her practice here, and she is specifically targeting pregnant mom, new babies, and that, and it's fantastic. It's uh, it's growing so fast, and uh, you know nowadays women 
are having multiple hats. You know, they need to get birth, they need to get back to work, they need to take care of the family. You know, imagine how much stress they're going through. You know, by doing an adjustment, just can make the, the part of life easier. And then, you know, why not? And the, the women nowadays are more educated than, than ever before. So you give in the options and just, again, like creating your little pies, like creating your own brand and find what you're passionate about and really kind of collide that together with your uh, chiropractic professions and uh, stop fighting crumbs with the rest of them. I mean, be creative, create what work for you, create your own pie or create your own kingdom, your realm. Um, don't you think that's more empowering than fighting with the rest of the, your peers? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very good. How can uh, people get in contact you? Like I said, we're everywhere. <laughs> so um, you can find me on Facebook, um, Jenny, uh, Jenny Lee DC. You can, I have my own blog. I can send you the link uh, later on. And um, okay. I am on Instagram, Dr. Jenny Lee. Uh, I am on Snapchat, Jenny Lee. <laughs> so if you, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. So you should not have a difficult time finding me. So. Very good. Well, I also have that chats. has been. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, you got everything's the Jenny Lee, yeah, right? Yeah, Jenny. So you can definitely. Have I'm it. guessing Signature, Singapore, Singapore Pain Solutions probably has um, yeah. all your social media yeah, links. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you should be able to see right. my personal link in there as well. Yeah, don't worry. You can always find me, and I'm always open to questions. And uh, if you are a new grad who is looking for what will be the next thing to do, and uh, you've this long conversation, long podcast, you did not learn anything about that. At least learn something such as, you know, the market is the market. doesn't matter you are pretty, not pretty, rich, not rich, young, or whatever it is. You'll treat everyone the same. It is what asset and what can you bring to the table make you different, not skin of your color or the background or how much money you have. Wow. This has been great. Thank you. You brought a lot of, I think you really brought a lot of information. So I think it's going to be overwhelming for some people where there's so much that they can pull from this, be motivated and take into their clinics and actually create a marketing plan if they haven't even done that yet. So I really want to uh, thank you so much for your uh, generosity with your time, all this openness that you did. I really, uh, I really appreciate it. And I think the, the, the audience. All really right. Well. Thank you very much. I'd love to be here. And um, hopefully someone can find value in the conversations we have. <laughs> Dr. Lee, I am so impressed with where you've been and where you're going. Big visions to chart out opening clinics in other countries, countries that you don't speak the language. And there's lots of roadblocks that are going to be in the way. And you're just like, let's do it. Let's find a way. So that's amazing. Hopefully you found a doc for uh, your own clinic and just continued success with the video marketing and social media marketing and networking and all the avenues that you're doing. I enjoy following you on Facebook. And it's, I hope it gives a lot of people, especially students, or those maybe looking for a career change if they're not doing so well in practice, that you can practice outside of America, be safe, make some money, and enjoy learning a new culture at the same time. All the show notes can be found at a doctorsperspective.net slash two four. Travel tips coming up next. A big thank you to everybody who purchased the book. For those who are considering it, a doctorsperspective.net slash free ebook. 
You can get yourself a PDF version for free. If you watch the video, fantastic. You'll see the different reasons why you should read the book. We've got things from helping with headaches, stretches, and exercises that you'll actually do. Ways to figure out food labels. What's the deal with sugar? Tricks for portion control. And a nice chunk of the book, how can your body heal itself? Are you minimizing? Why are some people negative about chiropractic? What does it actually do? What is pain? What is a misalignment or a subluxation? You can go on Amazon. They got the Kindle version, paperback book. As always, there's merchandise at the resources tab. There's podcast t-shirts, chiropractic t-shirts, mugs, whether it's getting a cup of coffee. All the stuff is high quality, good ink job. If you like what we're doing, giving back a little bit, keep the show going. Definitely not necessary, but of course it's appreciated. If you head over to the website, the top right is all the social media flavors. Pick what you like. Friend us, of course, active on Instagram and Facebook the most and trying to do more live videos, trying to keep everything fresh. The pictures of my travels are typically on both of those. Big rush on Facebook, slow drip on Instagram, of course. If you want to leave a comment, definitely do that. It helps us to know how to improve the podcast so that you guys like it better. And of course, if you leave a review on iTunes or your Android app, that's very appreciative. If you want, screenshot it, boom, throw it up on Facebook, tag me, and I'll give you a shout out. Travel tip. When you're traveling, I like at times to wear clothes that are versatile. I went to Beijing and Shanghai a little while ago. And instead of packing two different types of jackets, I use the brand called Ice Peak. They're Finnish, and um, it's a waterproof, windproof. It was yellow. Actually, it was yellow, purple, and green, much like uh, my logo will be next week. And it's got like you know, this Mardi Gras vibe. So my point is that there's plenty of activewear that you could actually dress up. Like depending on the type of pants you get, they could be quick dry, windproof, all this type of stuff. Same thing for like shirts. Um, I know some of the sporting goods stores, they have the kind that has the big vents in the back. Now, I'm not a big fan of those, but just to say, if you're going to a place that's going to be rainy, there's clothes available that you can purchase that looks good, dries quick, and is very lightweight and packs real tight. Again, Ice Peak, just a brand I never heard of. I really like their clothes, and it's not even a paid sponsorship. There'll be a link in the show notes. We just went hashtag behind the curtain, and this episode has come to an end. I hope you got the right dose for your optimal life. Please spread the word about this podcast by telling two friends, sharing on social media, and visit the show notes on adoctorsperspective.net to see all the references from today's guest. A sincere thank you in advance. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.